I've been like spending my uh, quarantine just uh, recording what I can. Yeah, I saw that you've been putting out a lot of stuff. It keeps me busy. <laughs> Welcome back to Weekly EP. My name is Cody Swanson. This is episode 10 with Kyle McDonough from Kingston, New York. We talk about the 4th of July, small towns, plate reverbs, and wanting way too many instruments. Kyle has a large variety of musical output, so I was not sure exactly what this record was going to be, but it's a real treat and has some deceptively simple emotional punches. As always, we'll do a short intro, listen to the new record in full, and then dive into the creative process. Here's a taste of that record. part of this no thank you for uh having me this is such a cool uh little thing first question is what is your name uh my name is kyle mcdonough (laughs) okay and what is the name of your music project uh this one i was kind of uh doing as my own name but uh it does fall under my project uh for dancing blue all right where did that name come from Oddly enough, it came from a Sylvia Plath uh, poem. (laughs) Nice. I have not read a lot of Sylvia Plath, actually. It's good. It's it's all about depression. (laughs) Okay. Where did you make this record? Uh, I made it in my old basement in this house I rent in uh, Kingston, New York. Right in, right in between my uh, my hot water heater and my uh, <laughs> my electrical box. <laughs> it sounds pretty good for a basement. Oh, it's great! I, I just have to pause whenever the water starts. A uh, hot water heater starts up. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you. How many takes? If you great takes, if you had ruined. Oh, endless! There was one where it was just like the last, like last line of singing. I was just waiting for the fade out, and all of a sudden, this is like. Boo! in the background i'm like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, why did you decide to to do this uh, project or to make one of these records my uh my friend told me about it uh shauna uh from shauna falana she told me about it and i was like you know i would love to just record something for the sake of recording (laughs) i had already started uh doing that uh, but uh, this gave me a a reason to do it, and I always love a good reason. <laughs> right on. So the four tracks that you made for this uh, this EP, would you say that they they are along the same lines of the kind of stuff that you normally make 
in terms of your solo project or like would these almost be a new solo project from your solo project honestly i th- i feel like it's like this weird amalgam of like everything that i've recorded over the years i've i've been in a lot of like different bands and stuff uh everything from like metal and hardcore to like country uh <laughs> so like i wanted something that like i this is where i just kind of fell into was like this weird like space lounge music <laughs> I, I i enjoyed it because uh, i i recently acquired some new uh stuff to record with so i've been like putting it all to good use really <laughs> nice that's always fun to have a, a an excuse to use any kind of new instrument oh yeah but uh yeah so the last question then <laughs> uh would be uh unrelated to music what is your favorite type of soda my favorite type of soda oh man are we talking like i like to call them like uh seltzers and brown sodas you mean like like sprite versus like dr pepper yeah like if i'm feeling bad or like i deserve a treat i'll drink like i'll drink like a, a brown soda which is would be like i really like moxie's which is like a super New England uh, uh, drink. It tastes like a bitter Dr. Pepper. Wow. I don't know if that's appealing or not. It's, it's got like this unique taste. It tastes like medicine, but in a good way. I don't know how to like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is that going to be your answer then for your. I'm going to say Moxie. Yeah. I think Moxie is my favorite. Okay. What is uh, the, the name of. Or actually here, yeah, why don't you just introduce the record yourself? All right. The the record is called Times. I was gonna call it Weird Times, but uh it didn't fit right on the picture, so I just called it Times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh on the uh, I sent you the cover and the cover is actually a picture my mom took when I was a kid of our brand new stove that we got. <laughs> And she's she had to like remember it, so she got her like film like disposable camera, and she's like, "This is our new stove." And she took a picture of it in our front yard, and I just remember like being like, "Mom, it's it's just a it's just a stove." She's like, "This is a big deal. This is an appliance, Kyle." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> uh, so, so this is Times by Kyle McDonough.
Yeah. 
Let's just uh, kind of let's just go through generally the instruments that you used or hardware that you used. Just kind of like what's what's the process look like from a, a tech perspective? Absolutely. Well, uh, my main things I use are a lot of different uh, keyboards and I use a lot of pedals. Basically, there's a little bit of a guitar in there. Uh, I got a, dr- a couple drum machines. My main keyboard I, I use that's like on all the tracks, which is that kind of uh, electric piano-y, wobbly sounding one. Uh, it's a Casio, uh, what is this? The CP100, I think it's called. They got so many names for so many. And the CDP100, that's what it's called. <laughs> it's right here in front it. of me. I had to look at the name on it. But uh, <laughs> that one is my main sound, and I'm putting it through... Uh, deadbeat audio modulation station pedal 
And uh, I've been putting that through uh, a Joyo tremolo pedal. Nice. <laughs> and that gives it it gives it that like warped electric piano sound. And then for like other things, I've been using like a micro Korg uh, for like pads and like low end stuff. What kind of audio interface or recording software do you use? Well, I kind of uh, before this whole quarantine, I, I work as a live uh, audio engineer. So like I do live sound for like most of the area and I use a bunch of like random stuff that can record. Like I have a couple of what are they called? Tascam Porta Studios. I have a couple of those that I mm-hmm. recorded into. So what's that one called over there? It's like the Tascam Porta Studio 500 or something where it's uh it's the one that mm-hmm. records to a SD card. Okay. And what I would do is I would, uh, I think I recorded one of the songs like that, the one called uh, Gypsy Girl. I recorded all of that on there, and then I took uh, the SD card and I just mixed and mastered it in Logic. And uh, I, with that, I also put it through, uh, uh, what is it called, the decoder reel to reel. Like an actual, like an actual reel to reel, or like a synthesis, like a digital, an an, ac- an actual one. Nice. I I was using it as like a a pre, uh, for a lot of the sounds on that. You might hear like a hiss on a couple of the songs, and that's the the reel to reel acting as like a pre kind of a. It gave a, this like nice like warmth and distortion to everything. Right, yeah, yeah. Especially on, I was gonna. I had a note on on Gypsy Girl about that, and it starts off with a lot of what I thought was like an amp fuzz. It could have been a little combination of both, maybe. But that there was a little bit of amp fuzz also from a a guitar pedal I have. It's a a 1966 Marshall Super Fuzz. <laughs> That's an amazing name. It's so great, uh, but it sounds like uh, it sounds like the Rolling Stones Satisfaction guitar riff, but. Every time I have it on, it just makes this like this loud hum. So I, I, that's me forgetting to turn it off at the beginning. <laughs> uh, but other than the uh, task cams and the reel to reel, I recorded using mainly uh, Logic, uh, Logic Pro X. I have a copy that my friend gave me. <laughs> nice. I'm starting, I'm slowly getting more and more into it. Like, this was my first real uh, foray into using it, this uh, recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always done it uh, analog on my, uh, my, ta- my Porta Studios. So th- this was fun uh, learning uh, how to work a computer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you have access to an actual reel-to-reel or something like that, where you can, if you want that warmth, you can kind of move them back and forth a bit, which is, that's nice. Yeah. When I was in, you know, high school, that's when people started getting those really early Porta Studios mm. before SD cards were really yes. thing. And it was like they had an internal hard drive that had like 200 megabytes <laughs> of space. So you could record like 17 minutes of, you know, four tracks, yeah. you know, onto this hard drive. And it was, so and it was full. And it was like, <laughs> like there was some guy that was like friends with the, uh, the bassist in a band I was in. And he like, you know, he was like, oh, our friend's going to like let us record in his, you know, fancy McMansion, <laughs> you know, bedroom, like bedroom, you know, he has like a cool recording gear and stuff. And like their, you know, Porta Studio was 
two thirds full. So we recorded like one and a half songs before it filled up. And it was like, well, the fuck night's over now, you know? It's my favorite. You know, in the seven days that you worked on it, how did the songs take shape for you? I, at first I started off strong. The first day I like went, I came down into my basement and I, I, I just started playing ideas I had in my head and like, like whatever came out. I just recorded a bunch of different ideas on the piano, on my guitar, like whatever came out. And I think I had like four ideas and I finished one or two songs on the first day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I like mixed those songs for like another two days. And then I tried working on some more songs on the third day. And, uh, really I just, it was like, it kept on going in that kind of pattern where I'd like record a bunch of ideas and then take my favorite one or two from that day. And then I would work on them for the next day or two. Okay. So you kind of, you kind of just threw everything against the wall and then just picked the the strongest that you felt the best about and just kind of pushed that yeah. one harder. And then, like some of the songs I already had like worked out in my head. Like I had recorded like a demo version, like, or something, but, uh, a lot of them, I, I just made up on the spot as I was going through them. So yeah. All right. Well, then let's talk about, let's talk about those songs. Uh. Um, I don't know. I just realized, I don't know if the track order I have is the correct one. I think I oh, just, yeah, there's it. no real, yeah, you there's no real order. So- okay. Okay. <laughs> chaos. Yeah. Just chaos, you know? So <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, so then the song that I have is song one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sort of feels like it's like a dual subject song in the sense that it seems to be about the kind of aimlessness or a kind of aimless feeling of being you know, in a small town or kind of being by yourself in a small town or feeling that way at least at the time as well as simultaneously being about the end of a not great relationship and sort of like learning about how to be alone, but then also still just being alone in a small town. You pretty much nailed it with that. Yeah. It's a, I wrote it as like, uh, for whatever reason, uh, when I was younger, not, well, not really younger, when I was like 19 or 20, uh, I was coming out of a relationship and, uh, every every year for like three or four years i would just drive around on fourth of july by myself Mm -hmm. and uh i would just drive around seeing all these people uh enjoying each other's company and everything and it and all at once it made me feel good to be alone but also like have this like fear of missing out on things that i didn't really care about Mm -hmm. so i tried to like tap into that feeling uh as much as i could when i wrote this song (laughs) yeah no i think you did (laughs) it definitely came across that reminds me though of like the idea of like the grinch or something going along and looking at everyone having a nice christmas i was was definitely i was like the fourth of july grinch like (laughs) what a what a funny holiday to be like for that to be your like depressive holiday fourth of july in a small town in new york is just like it's okay uh, you you get all like the the rednecks and the crazy people like shooting off fireworks and like losing their minds and drinking in the street 
And I'm just like, I don't want any part of that. (laughs) (laughs) Not even the fireworks. Uh, I can see the fireworks from like, there's this point in between, like I live in Kingston and there's a town not too far outside of it called Socrates. And, uh, uh, there's this point in between the two cities where you could see both their fireworks from this parking lot in like an old candle factory. And I would used to oh nice I used to sit there because it was quiet, but I could still see all the fireworks. <laughs> one thing I noticed about the song too is it's very sparse. It's just um, this one feels very much just like the drum beat and then uh, electric guitar. There is the drum beat, which is uh, an old rhythm ace machine, and then uh, I used uh, I used guitar, I used bass. And I used, I think I used a pad on there, just like something to like fill in some of that negative space. But uh, the guitar is just doing a rhythm. Uh, the bass is just trying to keep in time with the drum machine. I didn't want anything to be like too standout-ish. I wanted it to be just kind of like a flowy song. It definitely, based on I think the you know the kind of the lyrics of the subject, it definitely worked better to have it as a empty song in terms of explosive instrumentation or, you know, (laughs) kind of arrangements and stuff. And so, okay. And song two, uh, that what I have written down is song two is, uh, old. Yes. Which, which starts with some really cool, um, haunting, ethereal, um, mostly non syllabic, like non, non, um, like Gr- words. Gregorian chant. <laughs> Your vocal reverb was that a pedal or was that uh, digital or that was uh, that was digital. It was in Logic. I had just figured out how to uh, work the reverbs on Logic, so that was me like being like, "Oh, now I can finally like add them into the songs." <laughs> nice and. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to have like something to fill space in that song with like as far as like uh I didn't want another instrument because it was instrument heavy already. Uh mm-hmm. so I just decided to do like uznas and like try and call and response a little bit every once in a while. And that's where that all came from. It was uh it was like a plate reverb and uh tape delay that was like super tight so it made like a triplet of my voice. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really good sounding reverb actually, especially for for digital. I love plate reverbs. Like y- usually you can't go wrong with them. I wonder if there's someone probably not anymore, but if back in the day there was sort of like a piano tuner but for plate reverbs. I feel like there you know, had like to have be, to you know? Call someone in there to like tighten a couple screws and kind of balance it out, you know. Yeah, I feel like there's yeah, you'd probably sing into it one day and be like, hey, the reverb's not working. There, you know? There's no way that thing was not problematic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I also really like the, the line in that song, uh, I was too young to love you. Like a form of regret that's like based less on something done wrong and more just on a realization that you just didn't have the tools to do it right, you know? It, the song is actually about... Um, <laughs> Uh, the first girl I kissed when I was like 13, also on 4th of July. Wow. <laughs> hmm. 
by the end of this, we'll have a, a, a good window into your psyche. Yeah, it's here just like, like how... I, this is my problem with Fourth of July. This is where it all started, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was about that whole situation. Like, it made me super uncomfortable because I was like a little kid still. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a really nice song. The, the synth pads sort of feel like they are the, like the structure support, the structural support for the vocal melody. And then the guitar and other piano kind of dance around with like little hook melodies that kind of come in and out, you know, but they're, but the song is really yeah. supported by this kind of low, slow, spacey synth pad, which is kind of a really cool, neat, uh, because I write a lot of songs that are guitar at, at the core, just because I'm pretty yeah. bad at playing chords and other instruments. But, <laughs> you know, like it, but so that's always kind of fun to me to like hear a song that's really not supported by guitar or any kind of standard rhythm instrument, I guess. I always liked the idea of uh, guitar not being the main uh, s- subject of a song or main like driving force behind a song. I always think of it in like an orchestral way where like uh, they made songs for years before guitar was even like thought to be important in mm-hmm. bands and like, like how can I write songs where like something else can be the driving force? Cause yeah, well you should, you should look into to jazz then because I <laughs> see, I, I always loved, I always loved like uh, gypsy jazz mm. with like Django Reinhardt and like, when it was like super like guitar focused, like if it's going to be guitar focused, it's, it's nothing but guitar, you know? Right. <laughs> all guitars. It's five guitars. It's like, it's an all or nothing. <laughs> it's an all or nothing type thing with me. <laughs> Is that where the inspiration for, for uh gypsy girl came from? The inspiration for gypsy girl came from uh, a Jip- Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I really wanted to record something that sounded like an Island song. Mm-hmm. Or like a Jimmy Buffett white guy on a on that Sandals Resort or something. <laughs> like I wanted, I wanted the song that Michael Scott would have written uh, while he was laying at the pool uh, at Sandals with a Jan. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little better than what he would have come up with for sure. <laughs> it's also not a super long song. I think it's one of the shorter. It feels like at least of the four. And it's kind of like, yeah, it has this really kind of, yeah, bouncy, breezy kind of feeling. And uh, it's sort of like, oh, I love this person so much, you know? And then it's like, all right, that's over. <laughs> I originally started writing it uh, instead of Gypsy Girl, it being Junky Girl. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? This this seems a little dark. Let's uh, let's make it happier. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to end it on a dark note, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I think I think the island the uh, island theme's much <laughs> much a little better in that in that case. But now I'm wondering what a gypsy's doing on an island. It's got cut. It got stuck. The caravan <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> uh, the so the the fourth song, uh, Lucky, also seemed to have uh, a lot of kind of airy, breezy feelings as well. That one was uh, one I I wrote out of thin air oh, while I was recording this. Nice. I had the chord. I had the chord progression. I really liked it. It was like a chord progression I had uh, 
kind of taken a bunch of uh, chords from a James Taylor song and I reworked them into this and I wrote a completely different sounding song off of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but this was like kind of, I recorded this around, uh, along the same time I was recording I Heard You Listening. So it kind of had the same like floaty, wallowy uh, type sound to it. And when I decide what the track listing is going to be, then I will, I will put those songs as bookends so that they will, <laughs> they will be a nice uh, cyclical. Uh, also, this is the one Everything that has just... this, this is the one that has the line, um, "You're my four leaf clover in a field of ivy," right? Yes. Yeah, I like that line. I think that's cool. It's a very um, visceral metaphor. You can see the ivy, you know, you can almost smell, I don't know, at least people that as kids would run around through a yard or something like that, trying to find four leaf clovers kind of has that really visceral, uh, you know, late summer night kind of feeling to it just in that one little, little bit. And yeah, it's a nice, that was a really nice metaphor kind of because of that. That like 4th of July night feel to it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> it's 4th of July. This is this album should be called Kyle's Problem of 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, we're, let's take a moment. Let's talk about where that comes from. Now. <laughs> so how does that make you feel? Yeah. Let's, let's go back to the, to, to the last time you could remember enjoying 4th of July. <laughs> there it was, 2005. <laughs> I, I promise you I didn't mean to make everything kind of uh fit into this uh anti fourth of July theme. <laughs> it just it all just kinda happened, okay? No, no, that's the beauty of songwriting, you know. Uh sometimes <laughs> no, like legitimately like I've I've had so many songs that I didn't have any idea what they were about until like weeks later. I thought they were just nonsense lyrics, you know, like, uh, you know, off the top of my head, kind of recording lyrics, just thinking, oh, this is all just kind of made up gibberish. And then like two months later, I go back and listen to the song. I'm like, oh, Jesus, like that's about a very specific breakup, you know, or like, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's actually a nice breakup song. I had no idea. That's what it was. Subconscious writing, just Mm -hmm. like whatever. Your brain knows what it's right. It's just like, you know what? You're going to you're not going to figure this out to like five weeks from now. But hey. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's taken me a long time, I think. Uh, and I'm I still don't feel that good at it, but it's taken me a long time to figure out how to actually write a song because that's how I predominantly made music when I was in high school and college, is I would just make up songs, you know, one after another and just kind of add in some other parts or just kind of hit record, start playing, hit record, start playing. And that's how I made songs and then now it's really it's a lot harder to to do that and now i have to figure out how to actually like sit down and be like all right so i'm going to write some words on a piece of paper and see if they go with the song you know it's like it's now it's this whole process and it's kind of it's quite oh. annoying <laughs> like, i i feel that so wholeheartedly because i have the same problem like i feel like when i was younger i was just like shooting them out like left and right i was be like yeah 10 songs in one day let's do Mm -hmm. it and now it's just like if i get a song idea that i like and don't decide to like 
delete and trash later. Uh, I'm happy. <laughs> do you think it's the the um, like having to do taxes and buy uh, washing machines and things like that now that are? I, I think I'm more distracted. Like I can I can admit that I'm more distracted now than I was as a teenager. Like what did I have to think about? Like boobs and music and skateboarding. Like right, <laughs> which are all pretty much the same thing, right? I mean, yeah, it's all the same thing. I don't want to sound like an old fogey already, but it's like, you know, when I was in high school and even most of college, like I didn't get a smartphone until I moved to New York after college when I was uh, 24 or something like that. I think I had my first one when I was like a senior in high school. Like that was my first phone. It was like a flip phone too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like I had a flip phone for years um, starting in college and then I didn't get a smartphone until way after they had become kind of the norm like facebook sucked back then there was no youtube for the most part garbage oh no no that youtube was for like uh weird uh those weird end of the end of the world video and like uh all that stuff was slow it was you know it sucked it was ugly and it's like so like i think i just spent more time doing things and like playing music and now it's like so much easier to like turn on netflix and shit like that you know uh, just stare at our phones for like three hours. <laughs> I prefer I prefer the the narrative where at any moment I could just really spend a lot more time on music and and not the other stuff, and I could get it back. Versus the narrative of, uh, you know, when you get older, you just get suckier at making music. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm the latter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely. That, I, that- <laughs> I've definitely had that moment where I'm like, man, did it? What happened? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not gonna speak for you, but where I can count myself lucky that I, uh, you know, I never got real famous because now people would be like, oh man, their new stuff sucks. Yeah, I feel that. You're like, well, that Kyle guy really is going downhill, ain't he? <laughs> but, yeah, no one knows my music, so it's perfect. You just slowly decline in in solitude and private, you know. Just, uh, <laughs> Just I think that's what everyone drift wants. away n- nice and quietly, <laughs> <laughs> slowly contemplating our self uh, realization of uh, slowly fading out. I'm just gonna delete this interview and just stop everything now. <laughs> yeah. To get on the, tr- the the back on track one last time, um, take two. <laughs> Uh, in uh, kind of looking back on the entire album um, or the experience of making it, what are your reflections or feelings on the process and, or the songs that came out of it? I, I had a really great time doing it. I enjoyed all the things I was I was recording. I enjoyed like spending time just like doing this, like like tinkering and uh finding sounds and like sorry if you hear my dogs running around upstairs <laughs> it's all good i have a i have a mastiff up above my head and he's just like he got the zoomies it sounds like <laughs> yeah but i really enjoyed like looking for the sounds and like recording these songs it made me want to get more instruments and stuff so <laughs> it made me think about like all the instruments I have too. <laughs> which uh which instruments are you thinking about getting? I thought about like uh more synthesizers and more uh 
you know, you know that meme going around of uh, Kylo Ren just saying more, more, more. That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, we, but, we. I had someone on the on the um, the podcast a couple episodes ago that uh, was did a lot of stuff with modular synthesizers. Because of that, that now I'm like you know like following a lot of like Eurorack and synth accounts on Instagram, and there. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's so much fun though. Like when stuff comes through my feed, you know. I have no idea what's going on, but I love watching. There was one at the, there's one at the local guitar shop here. And before all this, I was like trying to play it. And like, it had, it was set up to where it makes sound. And then I like changed something and I didn't know how to change it back. So I just like walked out of the shop and I was just like, <laughs> Oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> this thing's cool. Bye. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's the smart move. Yeah, yeah, whenever just... you do something like that, <laughs> I'm sure it was like something like stupid, like I just plugged in the wrong like like an input into the output or something, and I was just like, yeah, but just in case that you fry the whole the whole yeah, thing, I'm just gonna walk know. away. I'm just gonna walk away. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than other than more synthesizers, are there any other instruments that you would love to to own or record with that you either don't have or haven't learned how to play yet? I'm a I'm a terrible gear uh hoarder. Uh I have I have so many instruments, but uh I'm constantly like looking for like ones I don't have. I live about 100 miles uh north of the city and there's I'm right outside of Woodstock, so there's just like this giant concentration of uh music studios mm-hmm. that have been here for decades. Oh, so okay, like, I see where you're going. there's just yeah. a, there's just a lot of musicians in this area, and they're constantly getting rid of equipment for like super cheap, and mm. like, it's so dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'll be driving on the road, and I'll see like uh, an amp or like an organ or something on the side of the road, and I'll be like, oh well, I can always use another one. Why not? Yeah, see if it works, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like I can fix that. It's okay. If, if it doesn't work, I can always put the one of my other amps on top of it, you know. And yeah, that's <laughs> the amp off the ground on another amp. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's and here I am now with a uh, a room full of stuff. And <laughs> I, I did uh, I did know someone that found like a Fender Twin Reverb tube amp, and that's good. All it needed was new tubes. Oh, like, can you imagine someone that like either something really weird happened with that person who owned it or they were just too inept at understanding what they had that they thought, oh, it broke. And maybe yeah. they were so rich they didn't care. Who knew? I, I don't know. I can't even fathom the story that I can't. caused that to happen, but <laughs> it just needed new tubes and like maybe like one resoldering of something. And that was it. And, uh. it, was like, and it was this perfect tube amp. And, so it does happen that, that, you know, it's worth, that's why it's always worth taking a look. It's the luck of the draw, you know? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen so much here, but, but there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of weekend markets like flow marks here. My wife picked up an air organ there uh, a couple months ago oh. and it's, it's, it's so much fun. It's like one of those old plastic. Yeah. I love uh, those things. It's like a, a quarter step out of tune from everything else. <laughs> Mine is the same way. It's like a quarter step out of tune with everything. And so I cannot use it. You can only use it if it's the only instrument in the song. Because otherwise yeah. it's like a, 
like God, I was like thinking of like the most punishing thing would be um, uh, a mandolin. Like we have a mandolin, <laughs> and it's like trying to tune a mandolin to that organ would be like <laughs> the mandolin would not make it through that experience. I think is what would happen. Well, I feel like we've come to the end of the. I mean, we I, you know we could keep talking about instruments. I think forever, but. Um, <laughs> And it's a whole other podcast. And yeah, I think that would, that could be an offshoot. It's just like, what are the instruments that you want to buy, but you can't make yourself buy? It's like, well, I, you know, I've always wanted a Fender Jaguar bass or your Jaguar guitar, you know. But like, I just, you know, they, I just, they, I actually just got a Fender Jaguar bass. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how how is it? Oh, I love it. This guy sold it to me for like super cheap because he's like, it doesn't work. And it turns out he just didn't change the battery for the pickups. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Love it. How do people find more of your stuff on the internet? Like if, if someone listens to this and they go, Hey, I like that. Kyle, he has a cool sound to him. Well, there's a couple of things they can go to Spotify and they can listen to the ambient instrumental stuff that I've been making called dancing blue. If they like the more singer songwriter aspect of it, they can go to Kyle and the pity party, which is uh, more uh, songwriting rather than instrumental. And that's on Spotify and Bandcamp and everything. And if, if those aren't really getting their goat, <laughs> they can check out just my name, Kyle McDonough on Bandcamp. And there's a bunch of stuff on there still. All right, man. Cool. Thanks so much for doing this. Like, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the record a lot. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun talking about instruments with you. And I think it's an awesome idea. I mean, I had a blast. And if I, if I, if I come back and do another one, I'm going to try and challenge myself even more. Keep in touch, man. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Weekly EP. Once again, my name is Cody Swanson. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode and interview. I think that Kyle and I probably could have kept talking for a long time about instruments. And I actually had to cut out a few of our rambling side conversations about synths and various odd guitars. So I would count this as a fun and successful conversation. Please check out more of Kyle's music by going to Spotify and searching for Dancing Blue or Kyle and the Pity Party or go to kylemcdonough.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps a lot. You can find all the episodes and more on our website, weeklyep.com. Also, follow us on Instagram. We'll see you next Wednesday, and if you or someone that you know would like to do your own weekly EP, please get in touch. We would love to hear from you.